Welcome to Women Empower Active, an initiative started by UR Sportswear to empower women to find their own active adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline Gross. Today, we are interviewing my good friend, Tiffany Chenault. She is a runner who has a goal of running 50 states, and she wants to do a marathon or half marathon. And so we check in on her progress. I originally interviewed Tiffany in January of 2021, so we are just catching up on her goal and also just checking in on how she's doing. I think you'll really enjoy this episode, but if you haven't listened to the first one in January of 2021, you can go to YouTube and check out the UR Sportswear channel, and you'll be able to find part one of Tiffany Chanel, Women Empower Active. So start there and then come back here and listen to the rest of the episode. Like the last time we talked, um, you were going through and wanting to run uh, a marathon or half marathon in 50 states and you're writing a book on um, your experiences with running through those states um, and I wanted to catch up on where you are now. You know it feels like it was so forever ago. Well, well I originally right yeah, my goal yeah. was supposed to be accomplished in 2020 uh-huh. but right the world stopped. Yes. So that did not happen. Yeah. Um, and so I, the reset or the kind of the relation was 2020, nothing happened. 2021, things got better. People were getting vaccinated. And yeah. I did, because I had four states left. And so 2021, I went out to Oregon. That was one of the states. So it's Oregon, Idaho, Wyoming, and Hawaii are the last four states. Um, and so I went out in 2021 to Oregon, to Portland, to run and that was interesting because at that time it was well you could stay in the hotel we're not going to do room service kind of like where are you going to go what are you going to do I'm like oh but it was cool so I got to um explore Portland and um ran the Portland marathon and half marathon and so I did the half marathon I think people were excited because you know everyone had been um not running so that was a cool um, race to run. So I, I did that. And then 2022, oh, this is 2022, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yep. I was like, wait, where am I? So that was one. I'm like, oh, three more to go. What am I going to Three more to go. And so I was trying to figure it all out. And I found two races a week apart in Idaho and Wyoming, because I live in Boston. It didn't make sense to go out west and then come back east and then go out west and come back east so I found two races a week apart I'm like well you know what vacation I'm just gonna just do it and get it done and so this year late May and early June I did um the Coeur d'Alene half marathon in Idaho and then the Grand Teton uh, half marathon in Wyoming and so that was this year and so now what's left is Hawaii for next year so I'm still trying to plot and plan like what to do with that so that half guy yeah that happened this year so one more left yeah <laughs> that's so exciting it's so close so close I know right <laughs> um yeah and then I got to meet you in person in um yeah, Seattle that's great and it was fun that was yeah. so much fun my partner, he was like, oh my God, so YouTube known each other for like how many years? I'm like, no, it hasn't even been years. He was like, oh, I feel like you guys have known, known each other forever. I'm like, that's the people I draw. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, if we live in the same city, we'd be hanging out all the time. Like, yes. Yes, so, exactly. That was like fun. It was so it, fun. 
it was, it was so short fun. but fun yeah I know it, it was. was very short it was good to see like take you to Pike's Place and see some parts of Seattle and experience some things but yeah it was it was super short I want to kind of go back to before we this all happened there was something else that kind of happened to you um and slowed you down a bit um do you mind talking about um no okay. no no yeah so again you know 2020 was when everything everything happened right everything stopped and in 2020 making sure I get my dates right yeah. uh that's when I found out I had cancer it was Thanksgiving of 2020 um that I found that out and like wait what and it was stage zero, which I didn't even know there was a stage zero, but the stage zero and the doctors caught it early enough. Like we see it, it's there, but we can like do, you know, we've got a, a plan. We need to talk about your plan and treatment. And so I always tell people that for me, when I heard it, everyone's like, you know, are you okay? Um, you know, because my mother passed away from cancer, but my cancer knowledge is my mom had it. It was, uh, she was at stage four and was told she had two weeks to live. There you go. So for me, I'm like stage zero. So, but it's not stage four and I have more than two weeks to live. Okay. Okay. And so I didn't really not freak out, but I just like, what does this mean? And so the, I guess the stressful part was the treatment. Like, do I want to get a lumpectomy? Do I need to get a mastectomy? Like, how does this work? You know, what's the best way to go about it? And I think that was the stressful part of the, the treatment. Um, do I do radiation? Do I need to have chemo? Like, I don't know. This is new for me. And thing I appreciate with my cancer team, because you get a team and everyone's there to help you and help you try to make the best decision for you. Um, and so I ended up deciding to get a lumpectomy because it was in my right breast. And I had lumpectomy and then they missed some of it I'm like really so I had to go back and get what they call a reincision and to go back and get the rest because I couldn't see because your breast it's not like it's solid right when you're laying like it's kind of fluid so they were like trying to get the markers like we think it's over in this spot here um and so that happened so in the process of 20 this happened in 2021 because I had enough time to like think through and that's the beauty of it. it wasn't like you've got this cancer you need to make a decision like now but like you've got time think through it don't take too much time but you've got plenty of time and so 2021 was when all the surgeries were were happening and when in that there's a lot of recovery and because it's the breast like i couldn't run it was like six weeks here another four weeks there but the beauty of what the doctors had told me because i'm a runner because i'm active my recovery was a lot shorter than most which i appreciate and so i was i couldn't run but i could walk i could move you know i could do a little something so that was helpful so i went through the lumpectomy i went through the reincision and um and the healing part and so when i was able to run a bit then I could kind of get my momentum back and really to kind of go back for a second, running in 2021 in Oregon, that was my, I'm good. I'm reclaiming like my, my, my body, my boobs, my health. And I wanted to like, I need to run, I need to run. So that was that victory for me after the healing process, which I didn't know it's this journey. Then, um, then you get radiation. So I didn't have to do chemo, but I had to do, radiation so uh later on that year then i went through my radiation treatment 
and that's very humbling because you go in like every day, like five days a week, and like here I am lying down, <laughs> showing the world all of my goodies. So it, it, that was a humbling experience. So I went through radiation and healing from that. And so when 20, 2022 happened this year, um, I'm like, well, I have these two races. I need to start training. And I was still trying to come back. And I got an opportunity to get a bib for the Boston Marathon, which was in April. And I'm like, uh, I'm not a marathon person. I'm a half marathon person, but it's the Boston Marathon. And, you know, as you know, everyone, I mean, it's like Boston Marathon, because I live in Boston. People always ask me, Do you, have you run Boston? I'm like, no, but I've run the Flying Pig. I've run in Paris. Uh-huh. Have you run Boston? I'm like, seriously? I've run... People don't care unless it's Boston. I'm like, but I run a marathon. No, it wasn't Boston. I'm like, oh my. So I had this opportunity through Black Girls Run, and we have a relationship with the BAA, who they do the Boston Marathon. Of like, here's a bib. We have extra bibs. If you want one, I'm like, uh. and so I had a moment. I said, you know what? I'm going to use, use this opportunity to train for my two half marathons. So for me, running Boston Marathon wasn't a, I'm running Boston. It was a, I'm gonna run Boston to train for the two half marathons. I've got like a month and a half after this is over. So people were like, give me a little side eye. I'm like, it doesn't matter. So I trained for the Boston Marathon and I trained in eight weeks. So having run two previous marathons and 14 weeks, 12 weeks. I was like, I'm still not fully recovered, but I'm able to do something. And it's all about staying healthy and staying fit. I'm like, I, I can do it. Uh, wasn't going for time. I was going for the experience and the training to be stronger for the next two half marathons I was going to do. So I did Boston. And I will say that was an amazing experience. I mean, completely amazing. I'm glad I did it, but I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> I don't have to do it again. <laughs> I know that I know there are people who are like every year they do Boston, which is great. But it was it's very interesting. Um, the crowds, the support, um, the city loves this race. And so I was able to do it. And it was like I got a little choked up near the finish line because you're like coming in the city. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, God. So ugly face, ugly face of tears. But I did it. And um, and I was happy I did it. So now I can tell people when they ask, have you done Boston? Yes. Yes, I have. Don't ask me again. <laughs> um, yes, you happy? Good. So I did it, but that helped me for the the other two half marathons I did in my other two states. And so when I went to like Idaho, and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is good training for marathon." And I I would say I did a marathon in Boston. This is just to you know finish off my journey. People gave me a look like it kind of works the opposite. You, you do halves to train for a marathon, not you do a marathon to get ready for your half. So yeah, so that's where I am with that. And recently, um, it's what, three, four weeks ago, I just had my last surgery, breast surgery. It's the final one, so it's all good. Um, and so now I'm thinking, well, I've got one more state left. So Come January, I'm going to actually start training for a marathon because I think that's where I'm going now. Like I'll train for a marathon, get ready for my house um, to do a marathon on my birthday, which will help me for getting ready to do Hawaii. So, yeah, so so that that is my plan. So right now, like I told you, like I'm walking now, I've got another three weeks 
to keep walking and like letting myself heal. And then I'll start running a little bit and just kind of getting back into the swing of things. But then come January, that'll be my motivation as I train um, for a, birth, a marathon on my birthday to kind of get back in the group. But it happens, right? It happens. We have setbacks. We Life. Wow. So it's been, you found out you had cancer in 2020 and it's been two years that you're kind yeah. of through like through your last surgery two years later, basically. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, because I think I didn't realize that it's, it's a slow process because you have to, you get a procedure done, then you have to heal from that. That takes weeks. Then you get another procedure done. Then you have to heal from that right? It's not a quick thing. And so from you know, first surgery, then I had to heal from that. And second surgery, heal from that. And then once all that's done, then it's like, now you can do radiation. And you have the, I mean, it's, yeah. So the, the, the treatment process, the way I did it, having a lumpectomy, it, it's time consuming, as opposed to if I went for a mastectomy, just cut them off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So that's what I've learned through this. Like it's, it's this process. Um, and so, yeah, so a lot has happened in two years, surprisingly, um, through all of this. When I, so when I think through it, I'm like, God, I went through a lot in a couple of years. Um, and this was with stage zero. So I can only imagine people at different stages, um, what they may have to go through or how um, cancer impacts their body, depending on where it's, you know, where it's located and the kind of treatment that's needed, depending on where the cancer is. Yeah, and it's been good that you've been able to be active through recovery for you specifically because that's something that's good for your mental health. Um, but so has I guess it kind of means a lot that you are active because that was something that made you more healthy for these surgeries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it made me healthier and and have a recovery time that's that was better than most. And my doctors, um, and I told them, you know, this is who I am. And so I want to make sure you take good care of me. But I told them all, I'm a runner. So when can this be done so I can go back and run? They're just like, okay. <laughs> so they all know, like my whole team of doctors, they know, you know, the doctors and nurses, social worker, like Tiffany's a runner. She needs to be out running. <laughs> so they all knew this. I'm like, oh. Yes. And interesting, that was kind of a common bond for some of my doctors who actually were runners and they were like, oh, so I gave them my, my running resume of like, listen, I got to be out on the pavement. So we can't, you can't be late for this too long. And so, uh, so I definitely stood out uh, <laughs> with them. So that was helpful too. So I think, you know, that was a, a commonality that I helped and I think they appreciate it. Like me and so part of um my last surgery was reconstruction i had implants put in and i told the doctor like i can't have them too big because you know i'm run right you know i run so i don't need big jugs even <laughs> though people do have them which is fine i was like i just need a you know little bitty girls with a little bit of bounce <laughs> it's like okay because <laughs> i'm like because you know that's what i said because you know i run so i can't I, I don't want, you know, big, I just need just enough and can get in the sports bra. And so I can go and he's like, we'll see what we can do. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know right now, cause I'm still swollen. So they're still going down. So I'm like, I told him, I don't want them big, but he's like, they, the swelling will go down again. And that's another kind of be another six months of healing to their body kind of in their place. So again, it's still the the waiting time and the healing time, but I'm, I'm going to be able to run a bit, 
Um, but I won't know my true shape and form until six months from now. Last time we talked, we were working on your book and I wanted to know where, where you are in that progress as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, part of my book was supposed to be done in 2021, but I said, my editor, I'm like, I got stuff. <laughs> this cancer thing. Um, they were like, that's fine. Fine. So my goal is to before December, by December of this year, submit it to the editors and be like, here you go. Because they said the turnaround time will be probably anywhere from eight to 10 months. So once they get it and they review it, corrections, and then, you know, get it out there. So I definitely want the book out next year when I finish my last race. I think that will be great. So um, during the summer of this year, I've been working on just the final tweaks and edits and kind of re um, doing some rewrites and adding some things because this process is slow, but it's so layered, right? This journey that I've been on, I mean, it's, there's so much. And so my, not my struggle, but part of the editing process is how do I tell this story that anyone can read it will be interested in it. And I don't have to go like this happened in this day, this happened and like that's boring. But just to kind of get some of the tidbits, some of these cool vignettes of like through this time of um we talk about this, you know, running during the time of Black Lives Matter and say her name and the Trump presidency and going in all these states of like what has this journey been like in terms of this intersection of race and gender and class, but then also understanding geography and place and these spaces? Like, what is it like to be a black woman going to kind of like kind of white spaces when you're seen as maybe a threat or you don't belong, or you're even just maybe just invisible? You know, what does that mean? And I've got so many kind of tells from you know state one to state 49, where it's not just, you know that person was having a bad day or that's just a random thing. It's like, no, 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 no. There are patterns with this. And just remind people, you know, I'm a sociologist. So that's my, my real house of, you know, I study people in society and communities. I teach at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. So if you're like Salem, Massachusetts, think of like the home of the witches, Nathaniel Hawthorne, um, House of the Seven Gables, um, yeah, a lot of witches, a lot of, you know, spooky history. So I teach in Salem and my area of expertise, if you will, is around like urban sociology communities, um, race and gender and class and social uh, inequality. So those, those are my, my thing. So this semester I'm teaching these intro soch and uh, the black woman, which will be really interesting and fun to teach. So I can't wait. And so doing this through a runner's lens, as well as a sociological lens. I have a lot of critiques and insights that I wanna share with people, um, but just how do I tell that story in a way, cause I can't do it all, but what are like the, the good little bits that I, I can tell just to give you a sample. And then it's a part of my healing through grief, right? Because I started this journey cause I lost my mom and I call this kind of like ground zero. So when you, you know have a loss of someone or something, and then how do you go from this place of grief, depression, just, just hurt, pain, to coming to the other side of it to realize the hurt will be there. Like I will always grieve my mother and that's not gonna go away, but I'm functional and it's okay. And how do you get to that point? And so for me, through this running journey, I have gotten 
to that point. I don't know if I would have gotten there if I hadn't gone on this running journey. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't talk in hindsight. Um, but this has definitely been a way of healing for me. And then on top of that, you know, unexpected things. I found out I had cancer. And then 2020 happened. Like, can't make this stuff up on this journey. Um, and then, you know, how, how it ends. So that's, it's, yeah. So it's ever evolving. And so I had some incidents happen in state 48 and 49, Idaho and um, Wyoming. I'm like, this could go in the book. Can't make this stuff up either. I'm like, oh, do I, can I, I don't know. Ooh. So, you know, things keep happening. I'm like, I have to stop at some point, right? Like maybe it might be a second book, but like, I can't keep going. I just like, here it is. So I'm trying to like restrain myself. I'm like, oh, and this happened. Let me tell you, let me tell you, but we will see. But yeah, but the book is coming. And even along the way, um, I was a model or they call it talent for REI. Mm-hmm. So that happened too. Yep. If anyone, you know, get your REI summer 2022 catalog, you might see this face. You will see this face. <laughs> um, so that happens. I'm doing so, so it's been like, it's been good. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. But I'm like, I got a book. I got to focus. Get that book out. Turn it in. The goal is by December, send it to the publisher. And then, you know, they'll, again, from that is like an eight to 10 month process. So hopefully by 2023, if not 2024, will be out. So we were talking about your book. Um, I, I wanted to also touch on the thing that I feel like you breezed over is that, um, and sorry if this is too much, but your mom passing away from cancer and then having found out that you also had cancer, like how did you process that? Or did you realize that you were processing that? Throughout the journey, I, w- I was able to process it even more because mm-hmm. it was just, um, yeah, so when she passed away, I mean, it was such a shocker and it yeah. happened so quickly. Um, and, you know, I was still wounded by that. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? Mm-hmm lose your mom, lose your best friend. And so um, as I started this journey in running to kind of like heal, um, then when I had my own diagnosis, we got like the treatment plan like going. Then I really started to think about my mom and her situation and where we were at different points mm-hmm. um, and think about all the things that she went through because she went through chemo and radiation and um, just hearing the stories that she would tell about how she was feeling and how she couldn't taste things and, you know, just kind of reflecting back on that and what I went through. I'm like, oh, she, um, you know, my mom had so much strength to kind of keep going. And so my honor to her and myself is that, you know, not saying that the stage of cancer that I have was not anything. They caught it early. And it's weird for me to talk about myself as a cancer survivor, though I am just at a different phase of it, but I am. And so for me to kind of keep going of like, you know, getting radiation sucked, but I think back like, but my, my mom had it worse. Um, so it's, it's okay. Just, you know, it's okay. You know, thinking about, yes, I've lumpectomy and they took part of my breasts away but I'm still here. My mom is not, right? And so just kind of thinking back, you know, those things are, I was telling a friend of mine, you know, when I run, 
you know, I always think about, you know, that's my homage to like, I'm still here to honor my mom, to honor myself because, you know, life is hard and stuff happens and, you know, nothing's really easy, but we are still here. You know, we've gone through a pandemic and for many of us, some of us aren't, I mean, we're still here. And so I just, I always have those touch. So thinking back on my mom's experience and mine and, it's not as bad as it could have been, but just to try to keep going. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Or even when I think about when I'm running and it's hard and I'm cursing, I'm like, but I'm still here and I've gone through so much and I'm still here, right? And I think we don't think about those things. Um, and so I think that's a legacy my mom has left me. I would, I mean, if I could, I wouldn't, I would not run. I'd rather have my mom here with me, hands down, um, without a question. But because she's not, and thinking about all the stuff she went through, that it would be a dishonor and a disservice not to continue to try to find some joy or try to find like some, um, some bit of solitude and running. And also, you know, she put on a brave face. I don't know if she talked to my dad or my aunts, but she seemed fearless. And I know for many times, for many of us, and I'll talk about myself. I mean, I just, I'm not like I'm always scared, but going in situations that you don't know that are unfamiliar, it's scary. Um, and I was going in a situation with my cancer of like, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never had cancer before. I don't know how this works. Like it's the unknown and it's frightening, but I've got to like, make some choices and put a foot forward and let's see how it goes. And I think, you know, I try not to be not fearless, but I own up to, I am scared. There is fear. There is the unknown and it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it and hopefully it will work out. But if it doesn't, then I can learn a lesson from it because it's not always going to be perfect. And so with that, I've just, I've also learned to just kind of push through fear and not let it cripple me because you can go either way, right? It, it Fear can paralyze you and cripple you or it can motivate you. Um, and I've been on both ends. So I'm not saying that, you know, I haven't been paralyzed by it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and I'm going to run through it. Um, it's just a process. Everyone has their own process differently. And I was, I think, a bit fearful after my mom passed of, how do I go on with myself? What do I, what do I do? How do I live my life? Like, I, I don't know. And I, I think I know I was paralyzed probably for a couple of years until I found running as an, as a release to like, you got to get out there. You got to do something. So, um, again, everyone has their own journey and not to say that you, know, you can't be fearless. Um, but it's, it's a process, but, but I've learned that. I've learned that. I mean, again, through the 50 states, well, I guess 49, but through this journey of, you know, going to places and spaces from like unfamiliar, you know, stranger danger. I don't know, but I'm here. I need to do this thing and hopefully nothing will happen, but I don't know. I don't know. And, and I did it. So, and again, they haven't all been pretty. So I'm not gonna be like, it's all been great. Like it's been messy and ugly and there's been situations um, I'm not going to you know, paint it all lovely, but I've survived it and I have stories to tell mm -hmm. and stories to share. And I, I totally agree with you. It's like, you can either just stop 
or you can keep going. And that's kind of like our only two options. And so, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we get slowed down. I always think that like quotes, like, doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop and which I'm probably butchering, but like that's, I do think that in my head when it's like, when it's getting really tough, it's like, okay, as long as you don't stop, you're fine. Like you could be, right. you know, slogging through, but right, moving right. forward. <laughs> right. There's no, like, there's no time period. For so maybe for some people, like again, for me, I can, I, it was two years. Like I can tell you the moment and the things that happen for other people. It may take a decade. And for some people, maybe couple weeks I mean right like I'm saying you don't know people's experiences or their emotions or where they are um in terms of kind of pushing through um however they do it but yeah it's like you can't let it paralyze you can't let it stop you because then what's the point of life right right um and I think when I kind of snapped out of it if you will I'm like you know it will be a dishonor and a service to my mother that, you know, I just did nothing and just kind of stayed where I was. Yeah. Um, but again, that was the process to come to that point of just with all the emotions and um, all the feels. And like I said, then, you know, on my journey, and I don't know if I had got that cancer diagnosis earlier than later in my journey, how that would have gone to as well. So the fact that I was, you know, 2020 and I, at that time I had finished 40, 46 states, right? I've been on this whole thing. Um, when I was diagnosed. So it might've been different if it was like state five, I just started. I was like, what? And then plus two being early, still processing the griefs early on with my mom. I mean, right, don't know. I do know you've had some grief or pain show up in different ways in your body. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, there's something called like intergenerational trauma that you, I mean, it's a real thing in terms of how, our bodies hold on to trauma and grief. Mm -hmm. And so for me, there's this stigma about being kind of a strong black woman in the black community where that means that you cannot be vulnerable, you cannot show emotions, you're taking care of everyone else, like you're not even showing feelings. So when my mom had passed, for example, it was that, well, you know, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm you know, just, just, which is crazy because when you lose someone you can take the time to grieve and feel a loss but I was like oh no I can't I have to you know I can't show grief I can't show being hurt uh, because of the negative stereotypes around that so just briefly within like actually just the black community but within American culture there's this romanticism of kind of the strong black woman so we see it in movies and books and literature that's something that is noble, that's something that Black women should ascribe to, but it's hurtful and deadly and it's harmful because you're keeping those emotions in and it, it, it's in your body and that has impacts on your, your health, your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So for me, um, you know, keeping all of this in, it's like, no, I'm gonna be strong, it's gonna keep going and not having that release was not, was not healthy, was not good. And it showed up in different ways. So one of the things that I found, and I mentioned to you, like my um, pelvic area started to hurt. So, um, you know, just trying to, after my last surgery, and I was trying to walk, I'm like, walking kind of hurts. I'm not even running, I'm just walking. Like, what's this in my thought? Like, what's happening? 
And I went to the doctor and she had mentioned, you should look at going to like a pelvic PT. I'm like a pelvic PT, a pelvic uh, physical therapist. I didn't know that even existed. I'm like, I haven't had a baby or anything like that. Like I'll try anything because I feel this pain. And I went and there was so much stress and tension and those muscles around like your groin area. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know and and my PT was like, you know, you should try breathing and meditation because that's because I think we think about when you get stressed, like people hold like in their back, maybe in their neck. For a lot of women, they hold it in their pelvic area. And I I did not know that. And a lot of my stress was was held down there. But yeah, so my body has gone through again from when I started the 50 states journey 2015 to now, like I see the difference in my body. And again, my body's gone through a lot. But I see the difference in my body uh, and how she operates mm-hmm. and, and the feelings and be more attuned to the feelings of my body and where I am. And I'm like, ooh, like stress. So a good example, um, during the pandemic, we were teaching online because my hair falls out, but my hair was growing and I, was, I wasn't on campus. My hair was growing and I was like, okay, good, good, good. And in the spring of this year, um, we went back to teaching face-to-face and sure enough, the hair that I had, that was getting long, was falling out. It's like, wow. And so I was like, this, this is why, this is why. And so just, you know, I acknowledge it. I know exactly what caused it. And so like, what can I do to try to kind of reduce some of that? But yeah, and you might see a picture, um, when the Boston Marathon, I, for their 125th, I think, running of it, um, they, were, they were back in person. They did it in October, normally the Boston Marathon's in April. And I was on a panel and there's pictures of like, oh, look at my hair. And then, uh, I, you know, six months later or whatnot, I'm like, and look at my not so hair. <laughs> okay. You know, and I was like, what was that change? I'm like, yeah, I knew exactly what that change was. I, we were, we were back uh, teaching and stress just yeah so in our bodies in our bodies yeah I mean that's a very stressful time to teach as well because you're kind of just coming back to it so like going back after COVID getting used to that being in person um I noticed I noticed this about myself is that like when I do get in crowds I would start to not breathe as much if I wasn't wearing a mask I would just take like little breaths because I always did that when I like if I'm around somebody with cigarette smoke same thing I would just do that but I realized I was starting to do that like in crowds of people and I was like what is this because I felt like I was like oh I'm dizzy I'm like I'm not breathing (laughs) like so so I mean like these these things that we're not really even like acknowledging that is happening to us from like from this pandemic like I think it's like there's so much and so like you having to go back to work is just a a bunch of added stress of like being in person being around people having this added layer of of stress of worry you know that you don't even realize what little things your body's doing to try to like protect you you know oh my god exactly to let you know like hey hey this this is not okay I'm like oh okay yeah um, and it's acknowledging that because I keep telling people I'm like we have all been traumatized we've all gone through you know this kind of trauma and yeah. so we need to be 
kinder, more humble, humbler, not a word, but more humble to ourselves and others. And then the fact is now that we're all being kind of not forced, but like, okay, and go back to, you know, face to face and just kind of act as if everything's okay. We're still grieving, right? It's still a loss. You can't go from this traumatic event and be like, okay, and back in you go. Yeah. Like that's a, a shock to the body and the system. Um, and so it's just like, no, still not still not there yet and saying like I'm not there yet and you have to be okay with it and if not that's too bad like I'm not ready I you know I need a moment and just kind of saying that um to yourself to ourselves of like no no because I know when I was running in um Portland sorry something in my eye Portland I mean there are people who are on the state's journey that even though the height of the pandemic were still because you know some states are like whatever that's another conversation another day um they would still be running those races and flying to go to these places i'm like seriously like don't run for a year like it's okay and folks still were going and doing i'm like no 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 like you know as much as i talk to my doctors like i'm a runner i'm a runner i'm gonna get back out because i think we're all addicted <laughs> but but just you know also the fine line of like i'm not gonna put myself at like no it's okay like i'll get to my states when I get to them like mm -hmm. like it's it's okay um I wasn't trying to speed it up or even now like oh is it safe I mean it's gotten better but just being mindful like if I can't do it I can't do it and I think that's part of I call it rebranding my strength of just saying you know what nope I can't do it or I don't feel it or this is all I can do and I'm good with that you know and I think that's part of the honesty we have to have with ourselves she can't do it all <laughs> it just can't cannot happen yeah I feel like once the pandemic kind of like lifted a bit and we kind of got back to it I felt like everything just like went super fast yeah like whoa slow down yeah <laughs> everything just like sped up and I'm like I'm, try I'm trying to do all of these things and I just feel like I'm not keeping up with any of them um but yeah I think that was the an overall feeling of just getting back into things. Now that we um, have had these two years, how do you feel about trail running now? I'm open, I'm open. <laughs> Before I was not, yeah. I am open to try, cause, I, cause I've gone to some like sort of kind of trails, not really that, and the, the, the scenery turns to different kind of uh, landscape. Yeah. So I think you mentioned a while ago, I think there was something in Michigan where it was like, not like a, a relay team, but like, it's like, I'll be on a team. I'll do a trail part of the way. Like I'm like, I'm open with other people. Like I don't, would I like just go trail running by myself? No, but if, if there was like a team or other people doing with me, I would be open. Yes, yes yes just to say like again i'm not gonna be a hypocrite I'm like i don't know i'm fearful it's weird it's different but i i, I will try it i i haven't officially done it but mm -hmm. i'm open and i just need to you know have a tutorial on you know proper shoes and because it's a little bit different than you know different kinds of running and just yeah. get a tutorial but i'm open maybe start off with a, a 5k maybe a 10k i don't know about, about a half marathon or a marathon but small steps so I'm open so you're gonna have to school me but I'm yeah. open 
to doing it. Yeah, the trails by you and by me are both pretty technical. So definitely would it would be a little bit different running, but I'm sure you can start out with something that's like flat and grassy, maybe. Yes, or yes, could, please. Like very roots. Yes, and <laughs> yes we like can do flat and grassy. Yeah. And just start there, maybe a flat and grassy 5K. Like, okay, yeah. so yeah. I'm so I'm open to baby steps. They're yeah. not, you know, and we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> But my heart, I knew my heart's in like the urban running spaces. Yeah. Like, Yay! But, you know, I would try different things. Yeah. So see. <laughs> We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, from hell no. Oh my God, why? Why do yeah. you do that to yourself on purpose? Oh my God. Yeah. So like, mm, I'll give it a try. Yeah. People you, have said they loved it. I should yeah. try it. You're going to like cool, pretty places to race. I'm like, you could be in cool, pretty places on a trail as well as the roads. So think about that. I, I okay, I'm open because I, I think, I think part of that, that evolution mm-hmm. is, you know, running it, like you said, like I've been running in some of the last couple of states have been the gorgeous. So mm-hmm. they weren't trails per se, but yeah. it's like, I'm around kind of this nature setting and I'm like, and there's not much around. I'm like, this is pretty, it's okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, so I'm just trying to picture this without like the road and the cows and just like, we're just surrounded. As long as there's a clear pathway yes. to get there I think that's the thing I think I'm still not in trauma or shock but when I did the um race in the in the, the forest with the freaking bears yeah yeah and they were like just follow the flags I'm like what does that mean follow the flags like I don't understand like just stay stay on the left side of the flags I'm like oh my god oh my god I don't know and I got lost um yeah so if, if I, I just you know yeah. that was like I'm gonna die in the bears in Florida and this yeah. will be pretty. And Florida. Well, um, <laughs> exactly. It's like of all the places. Yeah, actually, I know. This is where I'm like, going to go. <laughs> and this is where it all ends. Like, yeah. <laughs> right here. This is where it all ends. Like, what the fuck? Really? Wow. Um, so, so, for, so for me, that is my, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that ever again. Yeah. Which right yeah. now, I'm like, there. But again, if it's a 5K, we can start off slow. Again, learn some technical things. Mm-hmm. I'm open. Yes. We are doing Women Empower Active. Do you have any words of empowerment that you may have learned in these past two years since we caught up the last time? Oh my goodness. I'm, I, you know, I got words. I always have lots of words. Um, <laughs> I think uh, a good word in terms of uh, one thing I can say is boundaries, right? Like it's important to know yourself and have boundaries. So other people are things know your perimeters, right? Because again, talking about before, so many times we as women are like, yes, I'm trying to take care of everyone and do all the things, but it's important for us to be like, I have boundaries. I've set perimeters of like, this is what I will do. This is what I won't do. And it's okay. And so I think that's important to establish what are your boundaries? And if people cross them, like either how to kind of push back or be like, I told you no, like, you know, kind of stay, hold true to your boundaries. Um, you know, if it makes people uncomfortable, unhappy, that's not your problem. That is not your issue. That is theirs. And I think it's important to keep that in mind because a lot of times we tend to move our boundaries or like, oh, that's okay. It's like, no, have your boundaries that you know that are good for you and whatever aspects. And then again, if people 
don't like them or it upsets them, just keep in mind that that is not your issue. That is their issue for them to deal with because you've established your, your boundaries. And that's so important. I mean, that's one thing that I, I've learned that I want. If I can say anything, establish your boundaries and those who have feelings about it, those are their feelings. Got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. And I, I definitely want to, I still want to have that conversation about boundaries too with you and a group of women. I think it would be really good to talk that through. Um, yes. Just like how we deal with that. Cause it is so hard to set your boundaries. Like I have a terrible time in the moment. I mean, I realize it later when I'm like, why did I sign up for this? You know? <laughs> right. But I think, but you know, what we were talking about, I think it's important because if we yeah. think about again, the trauma that, you know, our body holds and then our feelings, how we feel about ourselves because yeah. we didn't establish those boundaries. That's not healthy, right? That is unhealthy and that is not good. It, it sometimes gets toxic. So, right. So, I mean, not like you're like, oh, woke up boundaries, but once you get through that process of learning, like I'm going to establish this and here it is. Yeah. Um, I think that makes a difference because we tend to put so much on ourselves because we moved our boundaries to accommodate other people, um, but not accommodating ourselves or putting ourselves first. And I think that's that's important. Um, and depending of course where people are in their lives, but just, you know, I think you come to a point where like, for me, it's my health. Like, nope, I gotta put this up because otherwise I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna be in the hospital um, and it's not good. So I, you know, but it's important to establish that. Do you have any plugs or anything that you want to, other than your REI feature, go into REI and check out Tiffany? Um, right now, yeah, right now it's just the REI stuff. Black Girls Run is still awesome and uh, check out local chapters. So yeah, still being a part of, I'm still the ambassador, co-ambassador for Black Girls Run here in Boston. And it's great to get women out here to work on their health and have a healthy lifestyle and especially again post pandemic or after the pandemic you know all that stress has been um kind of you know pent up so it's good just to either walk or run but we definitely support women in their healthy lifestyle journeys so still doing that and we have great partnerships with REI and a couple of um, health clinics around the city so I think that's important my blog, again, you can see my weekly or daily runs. I guess now it's walking on my blog. Um, still trying to do that. And that's it, really. What's the blog? Uh, run IC50, R-U-N-I-S-E-E-5-0. So basically it's what I see when I, I run, right? Which I think is interesting too, from my particular lens of, you know, you see so much when you run. And so I'm so always observant of like, what's this? And, what's, and, and every time I run, and it could be in the same, on the same route, but I always see things that are very different. So it makes you kind of stop and say, so lots of pretty pictures and kind of my thoughts of the day and all the stuff. And then what's your um, Instagram handle? Because I know you post those daily pictures. Uh, same thing, run IC50. Thank you for catching up today. And I appreciate you doing this because I 
I'll, I talk to you all the time, but I also just think it's really good to put this stuff out there because you have an amazing perspective on running and life in general. So thank you. No, thank you. It's always fun. I appreciate because we're in a time zone difference. I'm just like, yes. So um, no, I appreciate anytime I get a chance to chat with you and catch up because it makes me happy because again, I like badass women. So that's my like, I try to keep my circle. Like these are the baddest women that I know and end story. So anytime, anytime. <laughs> You can follow me personally at Jacqueline Gross. It's mostly pictures of running landscapes. You can follow UR Sportswear, that's letter U, the letter R Sportswear on all social platforms. You can check out any of our products at URSportswear.com. And thank you for listening. <laughs>